Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. On today's episode, host Dan Moore is joined by Eric Weir, jack of many trades. From speaker, author, and principal of WCM Global Wealth LLC, to movie producer, investor and real estate developer, Eric is an expert on entrepreneurism, goal setting, marketing and promotion, and speaks to major corporations across the country each year. His book, Who's Eating Your Pie, is available now. We hope you enjoy. Everyone, this is Dan Moore. Welcome to the Action Catalyst, where I'm very excited that we have our special guest today, Eric Weir. Among other things, he's a specialist in overcoming adversity, and today he's got a power outage where he is, which he's already overcome that adversity to join us exactly on time. So, Eric, great job. Welcome. It's great to be here. Thank you. We're delighted. You know, as I was reviewing your background, it seems like you're at least four or five people rolled into one human body. <laughs> it's been a lot to live. <laughs> we've interviewed investment advisors. We've interviewed people in motion pictures. We've interviewed people that are entrepreneurs. We've interviewed speakers. Rarely somebody that's got all of it in one bucket. But one thing that's always interesting when you look at somebody that has achieved the, the levels of success and service that you have is a pathway that it took them to get there. So I wonder if you wouldn't mind kind of going back in the time machine for a second and and recap some of the most important pivots in your life that you're heading in a certain direction, something happened, a movie and another one, another one, and eventually here you are today. I tell you what, I, I look back and somebody said, are you flexible? I said, I think I'm contortable. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so uh, I guess the first major pivot happened at a very young age. I was five and my brother and mother and I were in a car driving through the intersection. We got hit and we spun out of control and came to a stop. And for some reason, uh, I was convinced that the car would blow up and we needed to get out of it. And the, both the police and my mother said to stay in the car. And we were there for, I mean, it could have been an hour. It was a long time. And when I got home, I uh, went from speaking normally that when I was asking my parents to pass the potatoes, I'm like, please pass the potatoes. I had a, a stutter that was proven to be debilitative. And they weren't sure if it would just last a few days or if it would last permanently. And it ended up being the ladders. We went to speech therapy in the uh, 1972 in, in Georgia, they weren't very PC or super encouraging. They kind of laid it out straight and, and, uh, and, and raw, basically said, life's going to be hard for you. You're either going to be a very big success because you're going to have to fight for everything, or you'll be a very big failure because you'll be a recluse and not want to engage with people and keep to yourself. They talked to the therapist and said, well, you need to have a, a make your communicate with people and tax you a word to it. So there's some, some benefit for him for doing so. And they came up with a lemonade stand, uh, not like a lot of kids do. So I sent one up at the end of the, the driveway and we're near a school. And, and the first day I, I was out there trying to sell lemonade, I made a sign that said lemonade 50 cents. And when you stutter, F's are really hard to say. They would always ask how much is lemonade. And I thought it was smart. So I'd point to the sign where it said 50 cents. And they would always ask a second time. They never left it at that. They always asked. And then I would go, it's 50 cents. And from that point forward, I, I realized I never once sold lemonade for 50 cents. I either got a dollar 
or five dollars. So I always say like, "Hey, keep it up, kid. Keep trying. Want to encourage me?" I'm like, "You know, this this stuttering thing is not so good at school for getting picked on, but it sure is great for tipping." And uh, I think I made mean, seventy or eighty bucks my first day. And I, I, my dad came home and was, "How did you do?" And I was like, "I made eighty dollars." He's like, "I don't. I'm not sure I made eighty dollars today, 1972." Now, how old were you when you went to see this uh, this therapist that told you it was either going to be feast or famine through your life? I was five. I was five. Then they gave me word drills and how to say Fs. E's. I didn't make any progress for for years. It was horrible. You know, into my late thirties, I still stuttered terribly. So it really wasn't until I became grateful. I was another pivot to be grateful for your uh, challenges in life and be grateful for your obstacles. I prayed to the thank God for making me who I am, the way I am. And the stutter didn't stop that day, but over two or three years, it, it went away. I'll tell you, unpacking some of what you just said, for a five-year-old to get that kind of news, that direct, straight talking, as you say, today probably wouldn't happen quite in that way. It'd be filtered through all kinds of different resources and people and videos and everything else. But he just told it to you straight, words you could understand. And somehow you took that to heart and decided to make it something you could really grow from and learn from. It was a tough meeting. It was probably one of the best meetings just, just to know it's going to be hard. And that's just my life. You can whine about it. It's not going to change anything. You just need to live with it. And the piece I didn't get was gratitude, being grateful for it. And then I got that, you know, 35 years later, that made all the difference in the world. So the first half really helped with that, pushing through obstacles. And the second half really helped with acceptance and gratitude. Wow. I think that's amazing. I love it. Now, one thing I'm always curious about with people that are highly successful, especially in multiple areas, what do you do to keep yourself from getting complacent and kind of flattening out and just riding the wave? Yeah, I guess for me, I, I view myself as a lifetime learner and I'm just naturally curious. And, you know, opportunities present themselves from, from time to time. So I think that, you know, it's, it's really your mindset. It's not so much necessarily what you do. I don't have, I mean, I've done movies, we've done real estate, we've done lots of different things. And the principles are really all the same as the principles of the harvest. You, you sow and you reap, you sow and you reap. And people say, how did you get successful? And it's really, you're successful before you start to have your reward. You know, you, you plant the seed, you're a successful farmer. He plants the seeds first, right? And then waters them and does all that. And then over time, he has a harvest. And people really see the harvest, but they don't really see the planting. And the, the thing to do is remember that you're, you're in the farming business and things take time. You're going to have setbacks. Um, you're going to have recalculations and miscalculations. And expect those and then learn from them uh, and be you know, very resolute on where you want to end up, but be more flexible on the steps you take to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned a couple of things that are very scriptural. So obviously your faith is extremely important to you. What would you say is, is sort of your ongoing mission in life, if you could capsule that? It's really changed over time. When I was younger, I wanted to prove that I could do things, right? That I could stutter and accomplish things. As I've gotten older, I became grateful for that and, and, and actually humbled. And today it's, it's pivoted more toward uh, recognizing the laws of the harvest and recognizing that people are victim to really limiting thoughts or believing lies about themselves that they can't do or you can't overcome or you can't make change or you can't quit that addiction or you can't improve your relationship or you can't get that job or go back to school at 60 years old. And so whatever somebody's objectives happen to be, uh, our biggest limiting factors are oftentimes ourselves and what we choose to believe about ourselves. So if I can help someone to begin to see themselves in a different light, get clarity on who they want to become, and then seek to live their life to be that person each day. And when you have setbacks, just start over again the next day to seek to live to be the person you want to become. Mm-hmm. 
tell me a little bit, Eric, about some, some brick walls you've encountered. Obviously you hit one at five years old after that horrible accident, but as you've developed in, in your business life, in motion pictures with Top Golf, what would you say over the years have been some, some items for a toolkit when somebody's trucking along and all of a sudden they just hit that unexpected obstacle that they just don't see around it, under it, over it, anything. How do you advise that we react and respond when we hit those brick walls? Just kind of pause for a second, and I think that's important, and try to resist uh, anger or at least process it quickly if you can. Look for the lesson and just look to where you, you want to end up and just rebuild your plan. So there's a poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling, mm-hmm. which talks about hanging on when there's nothing in you to hang on except the will to hang on and persevere. And I'm paraphrased. And, you know, in pushing through, when you see everything you work through in life, you know, torn down and you stoop over with worn out tools and rebuild it. But the idea is to, you know, don't expect things to go easy as they just don't. Life is difficult, but that gives you opportunity. And there are opportunities even now with people seeing fear in financials or fear in the stock markets or real estate. Fear always creates opportunity, but fear, fear and gratitude cannot coexist. So I try to people get the gratitude as soon as you can. So no matter how bad life is or things are, and I've been through you know, quite a few things in life and my book, you know, spells out things that I've been through. I've seen family go through. And a lot of people, it's not that I'm unique in having difficult times, but it's that how do you get to be, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful. There's something you can be grateful for today, no matter where you are and, and then build on that. And then use that gratitude to help change your attitude that can allow you to begin to plan. And you ask the question, like one other setback I had, when I was in the Chuck Norris super system in the karate in the, uh, in the 70s and early 80s, where Chuck Norris owned the studios and would come by and give karate tests for black belts anyway. And there were three of us testing for black belt and three of us failed. And we're kind of shocked because we were three of the better students and didn't know why we'd failed. And they just said, your, for- your forms weren't good enough. So we're, Jesus, seemed odd, but we're very good. We're actually teaching other people. How is this possible? And they, they made us wait six more months to test. And one of the three black belt candidates quit in outrage and never came back and said, this is unfair. I'm out of here. Two of us stick, stuck around. And we, instead of whining about it, which we did for a day or two, uh, then we came to our senses and we worked with our instructor and started working out, you know, four hours a day instead of two or three and six hours on the weekends. We improved so much over six months. It was unbelievable. We retook the test and came through with flying colors. And we asked, you know, why did we fail? And I said, we didn't tell you because until now, but you succeeded at all your tests and succeeded at everything in life. So we want to see how you'd handle failure. So you failed (laughs) just to see how we'd handle failure. (laughs) That was like, wow, thanks for that. You know, but that was a good lesson because sometimes, you know, things just don't work out and it's no fault of your own. And, And sometimes you just don't plan on what happens to you. Well, almost every Chuck Norris movie had a big surprise in it, so might as well do that to you as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love what you just said. Gratitude and fear cannot coexist. That's terrific. Now, you mentioned your book. I believe the book is called Who's Eating Your Pie? Essential Financial Advice That Will Transform Your Life. Is that the one you're referring to? That's correct. What would be some uh, quick summary lessons from that particular book? Not necessarily about financial advice, but attitudes toward living more successfully. I think two things really, I look at life as a wheel where your faith really drives all of your decisions, whether it's a religious faith or faith in materialism or personal health or well-being or whatever it happens to be, it's your faith or your value system that drives everything. Out of that center comes your, 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 who you choose to associate with your friends, 
comes your your finances, it impacts your family, it impacts your fitness. So it's faith, family, fitness, finances, friends. And what I tell people is there's never balance, perfect balance in all the areas at the same time. It's just not. But it needs to be an awareness that when you're out of balance, that you need to circle back to it. What I learned and observed over time is that the areas that you ignore in the end consume you. So if you ignore your family or your fitness for long periods of time, you'll spend whatever wealth you created trying to restore health and relationship. And if you ignore your finances to the pursuit of friends and fun things, you'll spend your whole life trying to restore your finances. You know, you need to kind of be aware that you're never going to be perfectly balanced, but also kind of be aware of where you are. And I envision like a spoke where two is terrible and 10 is perfect. Uh, and you rarely ever have a 10 in your life, mm-hmm. and, and, but sometimes you'll have a two. <laughs> you know? So how do you, how do you get a wheel that's more rounded? And, and really the second thing I would recommend people thinking about is most of us really overestimate the amount of change we can make in a short period of time. Um, but the good news is we really underestimate the change we can make over a longer period of time. What I mean by that is imagine I want to join a health club and I've been putting it off for 15 years. I wanted to start a diet program and work out and get healthy, but I've never really gotten around to doing it. When I say just take a 1% change a day, so we have an example. So if that's my goal, then the first day, all I do is turn on my computer and I'm done for the day. The second day, I'll go and I'll, I'll type in Google and search and open my search window, but I'm done. I can't do too much because now I'm starting to go too fast. The next day I will do health club near me, stop. Next day I press send and then I, I make a phone call, but I hang up on the health club because I'm moving too fast. The next day <laughs> I talk to them, the next day I go see them, the next day I join, and the next day I actually exercise. The next day I meet with their, with their you know, you get usually get one free dietitian visit. Then the next day, you know, so you do 1% changes in here in six, seven, eight, nine days, depending on how you pace it out. You've gone from 15 years of never doing that to being a member of a health club, having a trainer and having a dietitian. And you did that by very small changes each day. But what's interesting is there's something in finance they call the rule of 72. So any number you divide into 72 is how long it takes earning that rate of return to double your money. And that's because you're growing the base each year. So it's using 10, if I make 10% change a year in 7.2 years, I double my productivity. But if I make 1% change a day in 72 days, love my productivity. In 144 days, I double the double. And you see what I'm doing. You double the double, double the double, double the double the double. And pretty soon you're like, you're 1,400% more effective in a little over a year just by making small changes a day. But we overestimate the amount of change we can make. We try to do them very quickly and we get discouraged and give up. But just making small changes will take you there. Hmm. I think that makes total sense. So do you observe that a lot of people do a lot of stop and start as they try to get on a path to something rather than just slow, continuous movement? Everybody does. And you know, I know this stuff and I still battle sometimes. You're trying to do too much too fast. So I've just had to sit back and realize that it's progressive change on top of progressive change, top of progressive change that makes massive change. Mm-hmm. And it's like we were said, you know, what's a, a big shot? It's just a little shot that keeps shooting, right? If you recognize these principles that, that it doesn't, you know, if you look at it, the spread of anything, the spread of a virus starts from one person infected another who infects two others, who infects four others, and it's slow. But you get enough uh, cycles, you, you, know, you would impact the whole world. And it was a, an epitaph that I was made aware of, and I think I read it somewhere. When I was young, I wanted to change the world. When I was a little older, I wanted to change my country. Older still, I recognize the difficulty, so I want to change my state, then my county, then my city. 
and then my family uh, and then myself. As I began to get much later in life, I realized I should change, try to change myself. By changing myself, I changed my family. By changing my family, I changed my city, then my county, then my state, then my country, then the world. So change starts, change is an inside job and impact and legacy is what most of us think about as we go through life at an increasing rate. And all of us will have a legacy and all of us will leave an impact. The idea is how we take the time to think about what that should look like. Is it ever too late for somebody to make major changes in their life? It's never too late. Look, look at McDonald's was founded by Ray Kroc in his 60s or, or by the, from the Kroc brothers, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I think the gentleman was in his early 70s, Colonel Sanders. Those are outstanding examples, but there have been many people who have made, made changes and made uh, focused efforts late in life. It's amazing how, how quickly things can happen um, when we have clarity of thought and purpose. Clarity of thought and purpose. You know, Eric, everybody starts their day. I'm wondering if you have a normal routine for how you start your day to help get things off to good track. Yeah, I start, I start my day, uh, you know, uh, with, with, with prayer, uh, a little reading of scripture, and then I uh, exercise and I plan. Usually plan the night before, but that's how I start in the morning. I haven't always done that, but start your day without uh, influence of news, media, electronics. Um, and I try to end my day the same way, absence of news, media, and electronics. And uh, I prefer to have my plans set before I go to sleep because it allows me to be very focused. However, uh, there's from time to time I'll plan in the morning if I'm up later than I want to be. But I don't want to start the day without a plan, even if it takes me longer than I want or I feel like I'm getting behind. It's really never the case because I can prioritize what I hope to get accomplished that day and, and do the essentials. And you'll often find if you accomplish the one or two important things, you've had a successful day. And without a plan, we sometimes focus on the easy to do things like get the dry cleaning, pick up the groceries, or go by CVS. Really, the most important thing was to call and start this relationship or have this important lunch or make this important call. And if we prioritize the important things, oftentimes some of the less important things get, get away a little bit. Do you have a, a standard first thought in the morning as soon as you become conscious? You train yourself to do that? I like to start the day uh, in gratitude, being grateful. Uh, but I think for, for anybody, just having a point of gratitude and, and just an awareness that, you know, if you can identify a purpose for your life and, uh, and clarity, the amount of joy you can have while you work and do things uh, really goes up substantially. And just really be believing that uh, whatever that happens to be. And then really thinking about giving back and trying to think how, as you mature in life, there might be somebody younger who you can mentor or help along the way and, and kind of paint it forward. And all of us have something that someone else can learn from. And I've learned from, I've learned from so many people. It's hardly anyone I ever meet I don't learn something from. So, you know, how can we be observant to learn, be grateful for where we are, even if it's a bad spot? What well, can we learn from this bad situation? And then if we're in a great spot, you know, don't, please don't take us for granted, you know, because things change. You have highs that they call mountaintops and valleys for a reason. We see them both with some regularity. So, so, and maintaining gratitude through the valley can be done, it, but it, it's, it's taking the time to be, uh, to learn from the unpleasant things in life, as well as those that are pleasant. You know, Eric, your, your attitude of gratitude is, is outstanding. And I do appreciate that. Uh, some of our listeners already practice that they're in a great place in their life. Things are just rolling on super well. We got some other listeners though, that are faced with some pretty monumental challenges right now. What advice would you give to somebody that is just completely stuck and, and not sure where to turn? 
I would just say, I'll just make an example. If somebody who has cancer, some terrible situation, they're going through divorce and maybe they're going through uh, bankruptcy or financial, maybe just really throw it out there. And maybe they're estranged from their family. All that at the same time, that, that can happen. That could be a caller today. And it's just like, be grateful for the, long, the air in your lungs. Be grateful for the potential of reconciliation. Uh, be grateful for the potential of a future smile and a future laugh. What I can tell people is the sun will rise again. Believe your best days are ahead of you and believe that there's uh, tears that are shed. There's often purpose in them. And oftentimes we don't know what they are for many years, but oftentimes we'll look back at the low times, like my car wreck that I was so mad and resentful and hateful for, for 35 years, actually was something that, that spooled me up to give me a lot of strength and perseverance I wouldn't have had otherwise. And I've seen, you know, growing up, I've seen my parents' cars repossessed, washer dryers taken, how repossessed. And be down to nothing than sharing a, a borrowed vehicle and just living on the family sofa and yet finding gratitude. Hey, we have stuff to eat and food. At that point, you, you can risk it all because you got nothing to lose, right? Just gratitude for <laughs> saying, hey, we're on the bottom. It's only going to get better from here, right? So there's always something to be grateful for. Hey, take it much more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't take yourself too seriously uh, at the end of the day. That's so hard to think about. And, and But it's like life is short. And try to find gratitude and purpose in life, even in the pain. And it's so much easier said than done. And I'm aware of that. But just like, but seeking to say, hey, what can I, be, what can I be grateful for today? I'm inside, or I have a meal, or I'm able to breathe, or I, I met a new friend, or there, there's always something to be grateful for. And build on that, and then build on, you know, not limiting what can be accomplished in your life over a period of time with with concerted effort. Isn't that fantastic? Well, I appreciate that so much, Eric. Those words of encouragement, luckily you said the reminder that the sun is going to rise again tomorrow. No matter how bad things look, we can't stop the sun from rising. And it's a new opportunity, a new day, if we could be grateful for that. But one of the most encouraging things I heard you say is that everybody goes through pain. Total misunderstanding to look at people that are doing really well and say, well, they never had to deal with what I had to deal with. It's true. They had to deal with something else. It might have been worse. Yeah, I had an Aunt Ruby that told me as a young kid, she goes, honey, if you knew their problems, you'd gladly keep your own. <laughs> yeah. one, one of my earliest profound mentors used to say i don't mind hearing the troubles you've seen because after i hear the troubles that you've seen i'm going to tell you the troubles i've seen and you're going to be sorry you opened your big fat mouth <laughs> that's it that's it isn't it that's it so true eric time with you goes really really fast my friend this has been wonderful good for my heart good for my soul good for my brain thank you so much for sharing with our guests today and for being here on the action catalyst Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time. I, I really enjoyed it. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.